Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Before we get to this week's episode of Dwell, I want to let you know about a new opportunity for your young adult. Over on the Overdue Classics podcast, we recently finished up Boethius' The Constellation of Philosophy. I mentioned on the first episode that I wished I'd engaged with this text as a younger man. We have an opportunity for your student to do just that. Circe Online Academy is excited to offer Loving the Lovely, Boethius' The Constellation of Philosophy summer course. This summer, beginning in May, Circe certified master teacher Jacob Duvier will join students in reading Boethius' The Constellation of Philosophy. Through the dialogue of Lady Philosophy and Boethius, for eight weeks, students can discuss timeless questions and search for answers. Seats are limited, so be sure to register for this student summer course online today on circeinstitute.org. Now on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to Dwell, a Circe Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. My name is Karen Kern, and I'm here today with my co-host, Renee Mathis, and our guest for this week is Kristen Rudd. So hi, ladies. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Renee. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here today. So um, a little bit about Kristen, and there are, there's much to say about her, so if I forget anything, she can add on at the end, but um, Kristen is in her last year, going into her last year of homeschooling. And um, she has two children, and your oldest is at what college? St. Constantine? So She's at St. Constantine College in Houston, Texas. Um, she graduated from the Circe Apprenticeship in 2019. She's been around all kinds of Circe events and all the things we do for a long time. Um, and these are some of the things that she's doing that you might want to take advantage of. She has online classes, um, various subjects, I'm sure, and tutoring. Uh, she runs the Dante Atrium for the Circe Institute. She just received her Master of Arts in Teaching in Classical Education from Eastern? From oh. Templeton Honors College at, at Eastern University. At Eastern. Um, she has an online independent classical educator fellowship, and she runs a local group 
called the triangle classical form. I assume triangle means the triangle North Carolina cities, right? It does, yeah, Raleigh-Durham. Yeah, so thank you for being here with us today. And um, the reason that we asked her to come on was a few days or weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks, you posted on Facebook about how you were um, going through your children's homeschool papers and projects, and you had a couple bins in your photo, and you were talking about how you um, saved and protected and kind of preserved the best of what they did. And you mentioned that you um, create books for them. And I thought, what a great thing for Kristen to talk about, because here we are at the end of the year. People are, especially if you have young children, you're wondering what to keep and what to throw out. So I did post a photo and my son is sitting in the middle of like the carnage. Yeah. <laughs> looking at one of those books that he had made and just thoroughly enjoying his own walk down memory lane. Yeah. So that's a really great reason to keep these things is, you know, you want to preserve that and you want them to have those memories, but you also don't want to become overwhelmed with all the stuff. So you mentioned in our, just our chat that you have a system. So why don't we start with you. the big picture of the system and then we can talk about the nitty gritty. Yeah. So I, one thing with homeschooling is, you know, we, we have records that we really need to keep Uh, and depending on our state, that's going to vary legally what we should keep and what we need to keep track of. And so I just was very concerned that we were doing, we were honoring the law as best we were able to in the States that we've lived in. We started homeschooling in California. Now we live in North Carolina. So the laws are a little bit different and both have very good homeschool laws. So we don't have to show portfolios or anything to anyone like some people in some states do. But I wanted to make sure that we kept a pretty good record of what we had done in case any official did come knocking on our door and that it was organized and easy to find. So my initial system was pretty much what Susan Wise Bauer recommends in The Well-Trained Mind, which was what I, I had used to kind of guide us in our early, especially our early years. So I kept a lot of stuff most things that we had done in three ring binders, Mm -hmm. sometimes organized by grade or by subject. Uh, It's kind of shifted over the years. I think it's probably different for each kid, but just a quick way to access easily what we'd done. So I could look back and see some of the stuff that we had completed. So I don't save like entire workbooks, but uh, when they finish a workbook of any kind, I would tear the cover off and save the cover. And so I know that's what we would done. So anything we had done, whether it was notebooks from spelling, I would save the covers. Uh, Any curriculum we had used, I would save the covers. Excellent examples of work, I would also save. Uh, All of their art. Um, And then any kind of field trip we went on. This is one of the most meaningful ones. Um, Both my kids are dancers and both uh, my son is still dancing. Uh, He is 16 and he's actually graduating this year and moving off to London to go study at the Royal Ballet School. Oh, so he's but in 12th grade, grade now? He is, oh, yes. Okay, all right. I was a bit confused about it. So I'm actually really? about to be done here in less right. than a month. Yeah. So, the, But they were both dancers, and so they, they had a lot of shows. And I have ticket stubs from every show and programs from every show that they've had. And so now I can like present that to them. I've saved all of it. So any field trip we went on and museum visits, art museums, stuff on vacation, you know, field the apple tree farm, you know, you name it. If we did a field trip, I saved something from it. And so I kept a record of all of that. So in in the binders, I would hole punch their papers, but for things like that, I would put things in dividers and like page protectors and just saved all of it. So I had, I had binders and binders. I had like two bins of binders 
from their full careers. And I went through them uh, to see, just kind of distill things down a little bit and got rid of a lot of papers, but kept a lot of stuff. And I have just two boxes with lids, one for each kid. And so at the end of all of it, I was hoping they would all fit in the box and they just barely do. <laughs> so they, they know I'm planning to give that to them. They now have a record of everything that they need. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> there was a court in California years ago where California actually has a, a rule, a law where you have to have a certain number of physical education minutes, like per week, like averaged out. And I'd read when they were little, I'd read about a homeschooling family who had been taken to court and they did not have a record of their physical education. They had everything else. They had all of these records, all of these you know, portfolios of the work their kids had done, but they didn't have a record of their physical education minutes. And I actually kept track because of that, of all of our physical education minutes when we lived in California. And I had a calendar pages full of when we did PE, whether it was a swim lesson or ballet class or park day. And I actually kept that for years. And that was one thing that I had thrown away early on when we moved to North Carolina. But that was, that's one record I remember keeping that's kind of funny because I was so nervous. What if they get me on the PE? Oh, Kristen, just to, <laughs> just to recap, so I'm making sure I understand you. Um, these are binders. And I'm just guessing three ring, yep. plain Jane. Did, did you, I mean, are you talking all out scrapbooking with all the fancy stuff or we're talking? They're just three ring, three inch, three ring binders. Okay. So you just kept everything. And then at the end, you distilled it down and then you decided, okay, not everything is equally important now that we're looking back over these 12 years. And then you just kind of kept what was what spoke to you or what you thought was really, really, really worth saving. And then you got it down into an even smaller form. Yeah. At the end of every school year, I go through all of their stuff, right? At, at the end of each school year, I sit down and I spend a day or two going through everything that we've done and deciding what maybe is worth keeping, what is not. And it's so funny because I noticed going after the 15 years of it, that I kept way more from those early years than the later years. Some of that is because the kids throw away their own stuff. Like they just throw away their papers and things that they write. They don't even keep those. And so I don't have as many documents from their older years, which seems like when you might need more. And then things are more digital. Like they're doing more of their work, you know, writing papers on Google Docs or Microsoft Word. And so there's not as many tangible things for them to keep or taking online classes where all of their stuff is, you know, in someone else's system. So, so most of the stuff that I have is from the early years, but I would sit down at the end of each school year and decide what was worth keeping and put it in a binder. And then the next year, take another look at it and just add the new year's stuff. And however, I decided to organize it, but they just were, yeah, big three inch, three ring binders. And they went into a bin in the basement. Very nice. And are your kids excited about taking these with them? I assume, are you going to send them off to school with them or are you keeping them at your house forever? Well, I put... My, I put them, I put my daughters in her closet. So I don't know if she'll take hers with her. My son is moving to London. So he's packing very light. So his will stay here. Yeah. Huh. But still, what a treasure for them to come back and even when they're home to, to look through that. Yeah. And one, one of my favorite things is um, I was never a big proponent of starting school too early for the kids. I didn't want to rush them in any way. But my son was probably three when he started doing map work with us when we would do history because he wanted to do what his big sister was doing. And I have map work from him from when he was three years old. And it is the most adorable thing. And I had a really hard time like deciding which maps to keep. So I just kind of went randomly through a few of them and just kept a handful. But some of those things are just so precious. And he's probably gonna be like, oh, I don't need these and throw them away. <laughs> 
But someday, you know, someday you'll be showing those to your grandchildren. I hope so. Mm -hmm. You know, their handwriting books, that's another thing that's really fun to look at, to watch them grow and progress. And they, they did, we kept writing journals. Um, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was the books that we made, but we, we, they did a writing journal where they would write a little bit each day. Uh, Not necessarily like classical narration where I would read a story and they would tell it back. We did do that as well, but where they would just tell me whatever they wanted to write. So what do you want to write about? So my daughter had this long story that went on for weeks and weeks called flowers at war, which was about the house plants, the flowers going to battle. (laughs) And she spun this tale for weeks. And then most of my sons would be like very short, you know, why people need clothes or why people drink milk. And he would give a few sentences of description about why, and they're just the funniest things. And so they would tell me and I would write it down in their journal and then they would illustrate it. And so we did that in addition to classical narration. Um, we kept some of those too, but those, those are, I think some of their favorite things that they've, they've looked back at. So you, you did mention um, in that post about using a long armed stapler. Yes. So you, you had binders to collect things in, but it sounds like you also had, you know, paper books that you made that they would write in or draw in. Yes. Yeah. So they went to a Spanish immersion preschool by a lovely woman in San Francisco who had taught in the public school system for about 10 or 12 years. And she strongly encouraged me to homeschool when I was thinking about it. She was one of my biggest advocates for it. And it was something that she told me, an idea that she had given me. So I I found a long handled stapler and we would make all kinds of books. We would get big construction paper and newsprint size pages and get maybe, I don't know, 12 pages in the cover and fold those over and staple them. Oh, and those would become their writing journals okay. or they'd be like two feet, so they would be big. like eight yeah. inches by 12 inches by the time you fold it over. Yeah. That's a yeah. good idea. So those were thin enough that I could hole punch them. Yeah. And put them in the binders, but they just kind of ran over the top a little bit. Yeah. And so I did hole punch those and put them in their binders, but we, we did writing journals and all of their poetry memorization. We would, you know, put in, we would do science journals where we would tape in things we were learning in science and, so there was stuff that was handwritten and hand-drawn and stuff that we taped in as well. And so it was something that they helped create. And we, we did all kinds of journals. We did handwriting journals, writing journals, narrative journals, poetry journals, science journals, nature study journals. If we could put it in a book, we put it in a book. And and that saves the issue of loose papers floating around. Yeah. It creates this really nice artifact. Yeah. We have this poetry journal or a science journal, and then we like part one. And so then they have these really beautiful things that they helped make. And so we did the big ones and we did just regular paper size ones with typical copy paper. We did really small ones. We did index card sized ones. Uh, My daughter, Mary Judah, did a timeline in middle school as a part of her history learning. And she would put, you know, things on the timeline and would attach these little, we would make books out of like two index cards stapled together. And she would include those books on her timeline. She would like hang them from her timeline and with more information about whatever was on her timeline. And she remembers doing that. So we made all all kinds of books for all kinds of sizes for pretty much anything that we did. And they're just a little nicer. I mean, we, you could use a composition book or you could use a spiral notebook. And they transitioned into those in their later years when they needed bigger books for for things, but especially those early years, it was just a really beautiful, lovely way to collect some of their work. Um, did you do, did you do a lot of art too? Like a lot of artwork in there? They would draw, like, 
you know, their poetry book? Did they draw pictures to go with their poems? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, if any poems we memorized, um, you know, before they were writing them out themselves, we would tape them into their books and they would draw pictures around them. Um, we could tape the, the newsprint size pages are large enough that you can tape an entire piece of copy paper into it. So you can take something they've done and just tape that whole paper in. And so they would illustrate all kinds of things. Yeah. What about, what did you keep for their math? Like, did you keep that? Cause it's not really, a, you know, not well, seeing a poetry book. Well, the so funny thing about homeschooling is everyone's used at least four math curriculums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's like one thing that we always change. So I do have some records from their math. I didn't keep a lot of like their, like their actual math work, but I have like the records I kept of what they were learning. We used a few workbook type things for math. And it's funny because I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that we did that. And I was like, I don't know that I would do that again. <laughs> like if I were to go back, I don't know that I would use those. But they were a way to create workbooks in that sense were great because then you, you're already, all of the problems you need generated for them to solve are already there. So it has their benefits. So I, I keep the covers from their math workbooks. Yeah. And we did a lot of math online. And so we don't have a lot of tangible documents from that. My daughter does, um, especially with her later math, her algebra and geometry that she did, she's actually kept, I think, all of her notebooks from her math. Mm -hmm. So she is actually, I think she has saved those and has those with her at school. Yeah. Um, How did you organize your your records like when it comes time to do a transcript because that's a little different from what you say for the kids like the actual papers how do you right. how do you record things like you know, grades that they got from online classes or you know when it comes time to do a transcript you have to have a lot of information how did you organize that yeah i really think transcripts are far easier than we make them out to be um it's just a chart that's all it is it's a chart with the class the grade they got. And if you you know need a GPA, you record the GPA. So um, if they took an online class, I, I have, I mean, my document's pretty simple. I'd even be willing to share a link um, okay. for the show notes to like my template. And you just, you know, it depends on what the school needs. You know, you need your, your address and the name of your student and you need to sign it. But I would just, each year they of high school, I would list what we studied and what grade they got and, you know, make, make a GPA for them. And the thing with the transcript is the only benefit, the only use of a transcript is for a college. So it's it's really just a tool to demonstrate to a college what they've learned. It serves no other purpose. That's the only purpose that it has. And so I just kept it really simple. So if they got a grade from an online class, I would just put that grade in their transcript. And then for anything that we did, I would we would talk about, you know, what we have a lot of conversations about what grades are and what they're for which is a whole other, you know, you can have a whole podcast about that. <laughs> so I won't go into that. But we we did put in grades on their transcript for the things that they'd done. And there's different ways you could go about deciding how you do that, like how you develop your grade. But we only kept transcript records for their high school level work. And did you find that um, different? Like, it's been a long time since I've had to do that. So um, did you find that different kinds of colleges like maybe you didn't your daughter didn't apply to any big public colleges but no, the, the um transcript requirements would be a little different like when when our youngest applied to Hillsdale I actually on his transcript I listed all the books he read in his 12th grade year so yeah. because so that they could see that he was actually 
serious about the great books. We actually read Right. So that's, again, that's depending, it's college dependent, right? So it's, it's a communication tool for the college. I know of other people who've applied to colleges, especially since they've homeschooled, where they've wanted a, a narrative summary of their work or a demonstration of their work. We, this depends on your goals for your student. I, mean, I was prepared to do that. And I would recommend if you do want to write a narrative summary, you do it at the end of that school year and keep that in a document because you will not remember right. when it comes time to apply for college what you did. So I do have a, because some of the stuff like the great books that we did in high school, I've been teaching great books online. So all of their high school great books, I can go back and easily find what we read because I have syllabi that state all of the things that we've read and done. And so I've, I've got records of that for those kinds of things, but I'm pretty good about any class that I teach for my kids. I write out what, what, what our plan is. I always did make a plan. So like you, we talked about math. I have pages they are in my daughter's box of math goals for first grade, math goals for September, math goals for October, with a list of things I wanted us to accomplish and checked off whether or not we accomplished that. And so I have records like that that I kept. So I think keeping some form of record is important. Yeah. Um, she was applying to three different schools. And then when she got her acceptance at St. Constantine, she stopped the application process because she knew that's where she wanted to go. And they did not ask for anything beyond the transcript that I provided. Okay. And so that's experience, but other people I know have had very different experiences. And while we're on the topic, did um did she do the SAT or or the CLT or what is the going test these days? She took no standardized tests oh. to get into college. She actually refused. Oh, I told her, I said, that is going to severely limit your options. And she said, I know. Wow. She's just like you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, just as stubborn. Yes. It's funny. I just went to visit her and her birthday was Tuesday. So I I flew down to Houston to visit her for a week. And I was really happy with um her friends and what she's learning at the school and at the college and got to sit in on some of their classes. And we had this conversation in the car on the way to the airport. And she goes, I see now that this was what you were trying to do with me all those years. Like, this is the kind of education you were trying to give me. And I said, yes. And you fought me every day. Why? <laughs> she goes, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I just was being stubborn. So it was so funny because we we had a hard go at it. We were very much, you know, she, we had a hard, my son is so much easier to homeschool, but she was, she was very much antagonistic towards much of the process and she admits it and we laugh about it now, but it was difficult to homeschool her. But she, I see the fruit of that. Even all the things that she wouldn't do for me, she's doing like, she did learn them. So I hang in there, mom. I think that's a really, really important and encouraging point you just made. Because so many people, when they're in the trenches of it, it's hard to see the fruit. Depending, and yeah. depending on the child's personality, you know, like they're just not really that in into creating whatever document you want them to make or whatever, you know, whatever the proof is that they've learned it. Like they're just, it's, yeah, she pushed back on me so much, um, just even from like trying to open our day with, you know, a catechism or a recitation with, you know, the creed and the scripture and some poetry. And she would just fight that. And now that they do that in every one of their classes. And I just think it's the funniest thing. I'm like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> but she takes notes and marks in her books and study is a really good student for them. <laughs> well, that must make you feel pretty good as a mom that... Yeah, it was all worth it. A little bit. It's it's. I mean, it's frustrating because you think, well, why why couldn't you do that for me? Why did you fight me so hard? But 
I'm, you know, it makes me glad that we stuck with it and that we didn't give up or quit, you know? Well, and, and what a blessing to have all of the, the materials that you have saved because that's a, that's a big picture, long range view, you know, what you did. And, and that's a reminder that it's worth it to stick with it over the long haul. Um, yeah. And that's something you can go back at and go back and look at. So. Yeah. I mean, there's two reasons to keep things. One is, you know, for your own, for the own beauty of your own record keeping, right? The beauty of remembering and jogging your memory and having that for your family, but also for any official documentation you might need. So I just keep thinking back to the transcript. I think we just really lucked out. My transcript wasn't questioned um, and the institution she applied to took it and yeah, I, that's I what I usually tell them school moms. It really depends on the institution where you are applying because they're going to have their own requirements. And, and it, you know, in a lot of cases, it's just to check a box and the admission form. Did we receive your transcript? Yes, we did. Check. Um, and the person reading that transcript may be someone who's barely out of college themselves. Um, it just depends on <laughs> you know where you end up going. That's so, yes, yeah, so it's something you want to, to put effort into, but... Um, you know, I, there are also homeschool moms out there with, you know, wanting to haul in three or four binders to the admissions office. And it's like, no, you probably don't need to do that. <laughs> it's a little bit over the top for what they're looking for. And a lot of it, especially when we educate classically, is tr the transcript is translation work. So like for St. Constantine College, it's a class Christian classical college. On her transcript, I could have, I left things like formal logic rhetoric too, you know, like things that other schools might be like, what is this? And where does this fit? Right. Yeah. So sometimes I translate those things um, depending on who I think might need it to read it. But yeah, like that might just become language arts or, you know, something else. Yeah. But it, the whole process can be very intimidating for a homeschooling mother who just has first, first child's in middle school and they're just going, can I do this high school? And oh, the transcript, it's like this big hurdle, but you know, it's really not as terrible. It's the, the transcript itself is just a list of what they did and what grade they got. That's all it is. Bigger, you know, you might need more if a college requires, you know, narrative summary or a book list, you know, then make, keep, keep track of those things, you know, make those things. And so you have them if you need them. But I always love to tell moms, you know, don't stress over it. I think we worry far more about how we're doing when they're in kindergarten, first and second grade than we do when they're in high school. Like I had so much anxiety when they were little about what I was going to do when they were in high school. And I just had to shelve it because I had enough anxiety about teaching my kids to read. And then like high school rolled around and it ended up being way easier than I thought. Um, yeah. You know, there's as many ways to homeschool as there are families, but I stuck to my strengths and, you know, outsourced and farmed out the stuff that I was not strong in. And so we, they took science classes and had math tutors and a Latin teacher. And I stuck to the humanities and the things that I was good at. So, Yeah, we've had a couple of people on talking about that in recent episodes. So it's good to hear that again. Outsource. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it takes the stress off and it makes it doable for a yeah. lot of us. And with, and with the outsourcing, you know, I would ask them what they would need to keep. And if someone needs to know how that class went, I can go to that person and say, hey, I need some more information about what you did. You know, can you provide a record? So I think that's probably another reason we didn't keep as much in the later years because someone else kept that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Well, Kristen, thanks for being here. Is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, something you wanted to share that you didn't get to? or And feel free to plug your own things here because people might want to take advantage of that. Yeah. Where can we find you? Yeah, I just, you know, if you're a homeschool mom and you're stressed, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like it's really, we, you know, we make it so hard on ourselves. And, um, you know, it's really, yeah, there's a lot to do and there's a lot we should do. But, you know, like we always talk about, you know, do it from a place of rest and, you know, especially as trust, trust the education you're giving your children. Um, so I hope, you know, if that can encourage anybody. So as for me, um, where you can find me, you can find me a lot of places. Um, I do offer online classes to high school students, um, primarily literature and writing. And my website is kristenrudd.com. You can find information on classes for your student there. Uh, I did mention we do run, I do run a group called the Independent Classical Educator Fellowship, which is for people like me who run our own businesses teaching, um, classically teaching. And that's the, I think it's classical, independentclassicaleducators.com. And then we have a, do have a local group called the Triangle Classical Forum, which you can find at triangleclassicalforum.com that just brings together local classical educators in the Raleigh-Durham area for friendship and community and support. Um, what else? I do teach the Dante Atrium. Uh, of registration, I believe, is open for next year. So if you're interested in reading the Divine Comedy with a group of other people, other adults, I would love to have you in our atrium. And I think that's all the important stuff. All right. Well, with a schedule like that, um, it doesn't surprise us that you're so good at organizing your children's materials because you're obviously a very organized person. So I'm a very organized person. Yes. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and encouraging us to to remember to, to focus on what's worth remembering and saving and those carry over through, um, throughout the year. They, they, they bring us joy and bring our children joy. So thank you so much. And here's to home. You're welcome. It's been fun being on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.